0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Call me crazy, but I feel pretty good about Auburn coming out of the bye week. Well, Zach, I I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach blackbean Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 dollars Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. Joining us today, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. I mentioned this earlier in the week, Jay Ferg, but I like Auburn's chances against Arkansas following the bye week. Is that crazy?
0: No, I don't think it's crazy. Um, I think Arkansas has been susceptible to some things that Auburn might be able to do, particularly on the ground. Uh, Auburn came off of a really, really good game, running the ball against Ole Miss. I think a lot of that had to do with kind of the way Ole Miss plays defense, and I see some similarities in the way Arkansas plays defense as well. Uh, and if you think back, uh, some of the games where Arkansas had their that struggle, the losing streak they went on there uh, here recently, um, you, know, so, you know those games teams were able to run the ball pretty effectively on Auburn. So you do that; it's a home game. Um, yeah. You know, you feel like you feel like you might be able to get some things. I think the one thing that should be really really concerning though about that game. Is like Ole Miss, Arkansas can run the ball exceptionally well. They run the ball more than any other non, um, academy team in college football this year. Only Army, Navy and Air Force run the ball more times per game than Arkansas does. So that's something you got to tighten up. Maybe the off week helps with that. Maybe. I mean, that's got to be your best bet. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this game could kind of go like the Ole Miss game did uh, last week and
1: you know, maybe Auburn's got a little bit more to him. Coming off an off week and also uh, playing at home, how do you feel? What, what's your confidence level in Brian Harson and this staff off of a bye week? Right, it's always a fun stat when these great coaches coming out of a bye week. Gus Malzahn was pretty good out of a bye week, if I remember correctly. What's your confidence level in Brian Harson post bye week?
0: Yeah, I, I don't have the number right off off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure Brian Harson's pretty good coming off of uh, off weeks in his tenure uh, as as a head coach at the at the FBS level. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think, I think healing up is going to be the big thing for some of these guys. Some of these bumps and bruises they might have had, a lot of scrimmage from these last couple of weeks, that'll get healed up. Seven games in the year, though, I think what Auburn struggles at and what Auburn's probably a little bit better at, you kind of are who you are at that point. Like, I don't think Auburn's run defense is going to get magically any better. Um, but, you know, you are coming off of a game where you figured some things out in the running game. Uh, your best player looked really, really good in tank biggie. Um, and you know, you, you have some time to kind of figure some things out on offense. Maybe what you can do to scheme up to have a little bit more success in the passing game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the bye week is coming at a pretty good time for Auburn and the fact that it's, you know, they, they didn't get blown off the field against Ole Miss. Um, you know, they, they get to reset a little bit. Right. And then they have, you know, three of their last five games are at home. And, and um, you know, I, I, it, it'll be tough to win them. It'll be tough to win, you know, beat A&M or Mississippi State or Arkansas. Um, but I wouldn't rule Auburn out completely out of any of them um, from what we saw on offense against Ole Miss a week ago.
1: Yeah, I think the most interesting thing about Auburn coming out of the bye week is where this team is mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. because... As much as you know, the anti-Harson crowd wants to you know, scream and proclaim from the rooftops that this team has given up, I, I don't know how you could possibly make that argument, being down 21-0 and rallying back. I mean, this is a yeah. team that you know, people want to point to the argument on the sideline. I like it. It shows passion. It shows that they care. I think you, know, you may need a little bit more of that. So does this week off help that? Does it hurt that? Does it have any impact at all? To me, that's the most interesting thing coming out of this. Yeah,
0: I don't think it can hurt. I really, I really don't think it can, it can hurt you that much. I mean, Auburn, Auburn isn't a, Auburn isn't a team that's given up. This is not a team that's given bad for, this is just not a very good football team, right? But they still have talented pieces. Um, they still had some, some high points and they've had some bright spots. It's just, can you kind of cobble them together? If I go back to something that Owen Papo said last week after the old Miss game and he said, you know, every time we feel like we fix something, there's something else popping up. Yeah. And it's like, if we ever can get, you know, everything kind of clicking at once, we feel like we can, you can still be a team that wins football games and uh, it can be successful this season. Um, you know, the time the clock is ticking, the time's running out on that to happen. But, you know, I, I think you got to put a little bit, I mean, I, Auburn's F defense has gotten better the last year. I mean, I guess I mean, the first three weeks of the year, they look really rough. And then an SEC play, They've held their own. Hasn't mm-hmm. been perfect, but they've held their but they've held their own. It's just can they get that run defense kind of going again? Um, and then you know, figure some things out on of offense and, you know, playing at home, playing against some teams in Arkansas and AM and Mississippi State where um they either have some flaws or Auburn on paper is a more talented team than those teams, you know, you can't you can't completely lie. So I I do think I do think what happens in the off league seem to be interesting, but I don't I don't see I don't see this team packing it in yet i mean they they had a really they had a really easy chance to do so against old miss and they didn't and and they and they gave themselves a chance you know, to potentially take the lead in that game um you know and and it just fell by the wayside so uh you know it's this is not a team that's given up it's just not a team that's playing good football and there there is a big difference in that.
1: the thing I like most about the matchup with Arkansas and you mentioned it is Arkansas's pass defense stinks Yeah, and then the eye test I think it's worse than old misses and I just think if Auburn is going to win the game right now I know this rushing attack and his offense is all about Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter but in order to open that up you got to have respect for what Robbie Ashford is able to do and I think yeah. Robbie Ashford is going to be able to pass the ball on Arkansas which is good the issue is Arkansas also can rush the passer very very well and that that could be that that could be that
0: yeah, no, absolutely. And and Auburn's been very mistake prone and, and turnover prone with Robbie Ashford the quarterback. You gotta live with the with the bad and the good with him as your quarterback right now. Um, you know, he can keep plays alive. He can maybe the fact that they can rush the passer, maybe open some things up. You know, when I hear they can rush the passer, but their 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 pass defense, their secondary's not been very good. Yeah. I think for a guy like Robbie Asker, it's like, hey man, you know, scramble, keep some plays alive, and then you're gonna get some open shots downfield. Um, so that, yeah, you got to do some of that. But yeah. And then, like I said, Arkansas, Arkansas run defense is not very good. And neither is Texas A&M's. I think States has been all right. Um, I think this year, but maybe, maybe not. I, am trying to, I'm trying to go back through it in my head, but that, but like, yeah, like, you know, this is not going to be a team that comes to Arkansas. I'm going to come in there and just have this ultra dominant defense, watch some of the games they put, played this year. Look at some of the box scores. They play some shootouts yeah. and, um, you know, it's, you feel more comfortable if you're in a shootout. If you're at home, you feel more comfortable if uh, you know if you're the, if you're playing a team where it's like, hey, this is going to be a game where the defenses are going to have a, a tougher time. You have to pull pulling team in that scenario. Um, and so, I think for Auburn, I think that's something you gotta you gotta be able to lean on uh, in, in this one.
1: Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, our guest today. In just a second, let's discuss. Did Auburn find something out on the offensive line with Jeremiah Wright getting a larger role there? Or was it just because it was against Ole Miss? What can we expect moving forward? We'll tell you in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. This has become my favorite way to play daily fantasy sports because there's so many different ways to do it. It's really not just daily fantasy. A lot of best ball leagues where you draft a team and you don't have to touch it for the rest of the season. It's just kind of fun to follow. You don't have to worry about starting and sitting guys or IR management or anything like that. You just draft a team and you let it go. So I, I did that for the NBA. And with really the daily fantasy aspect of the NBA, that's a lot of fun. And of course, with college football returning tomorrow, obviously Auburn will not be on the slate, but hey, maybe that'll allow you to kind of branch out and watch more games. So be sure to check it out. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. That's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in your phone's app store.
2: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: Justin Ferguson, our guest today. All right, so Jeremiah Wright started on the offensive front. Jay Ferg. And the offensive line looked better. Tank Bixby looked phenomenal. Is that just because of the matchup with Ole Miss? Or do you think this offensive line maybe may started to figure something out?
2: Uh,
0: maybe a little bit of it. I think Ole Miss, you got to go back to the fact that they were on a 3 two, six, and that they didn't really load the box a ton. And Auburn countered with a lot more tight end usage in this game. It'll work, man. It's just the same thing they did to Ole Miss in 2021 to great success. And they did it again on the ground in 2022. Uh, they just didn't have the same passing game that they did in 2021 because your quarterback's different. You know, your quarterback's different. Some of your receivers are different. You don't have Bo Nix. You don't have Kobe Has. You don't have some of those guys. Um, but they were able to run the ball very effectively. It's the best running game Auburn's had against an SEC opponent since 2017, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I like J- Jeremiah Wright. You know, the, the the I watched every rushing play, uh, every true rushing attempt Auburn had in this game uh, for the film room this week. And, um, I noticed that Jeremiah Wright was getting to the second level a decent bit. And that's something we haven't really seen a ton from Auburn's, um, guards or their interior linemen this year. Just kind of get mucked up, uh, in the zone, at the line of scrimmage. And you can't get to the second level. Wright was able on a few places just kind of spring some big runs because he was out there. He got out there and he, he uh, he he planted a few guys as well in unblocking. That wasn't perfect. Every offensive line had you know lineman had their struggles in this game, but sure. yeah, maybe you got something there. Maybe you got something there with him. Um, you know that he's kind of getting to turn it loose. He's a big guy, he's a physical guy, He moves well. Obviously from his defensive line days, uh, maybe you got a little bit there. Maybe maybe you got something there. And I also think that um, you know Brendan Coffee coming in for Austin Troxel. This has had injuries, and it just hadn't been quite the same for him this year. Maybe that helps you out a little bit. Um, so I would put most of what Auburn did on the ground against Ole Miss due to the fact of how Ole Miss lines up on their defense and how Auburn schemed it. But, um, I think there's some things you can kind of take, take from it moving forward because even though I think Auburn was a little too boom or bust to the ground game in that game, yeah. over half their, half their carries were, were, went for two or fewer yards still. The explosive ones that they had, I felt like the offensive line was really getting, getting good push and, um, you know, kind of put, you know, create, stuff at the second level
1: yeah what do you think about just on the offensive line or i guess really any position group but specifically the offensive line changing stuff just for the sake of changing stuff just because clearly what you were doing wasn't working this worked a little bit more are you in favor of that or is that ridiculous
0: i don't think it's totally ridiculous i think you do have to change things at times and find find something that may work i think in this game you know Coffee comes in to play right tackle for Trox because Trox didn't make the trip, right? And, you know, you had uh, – you had, you know, a, a situation where Jeremiah Wright started for the very first time, really got his first extended playing time all year. And then Cam Stutz goes out early, and you put Keander Jones in, and you're able to move it there. You don't see Alex Jackson this game. So that might have been an injury thing as well. Yet you were willing to kind of shake some things up. Um, you're getting some more young guys in at wide receiver – uh, which I think is a good thing mm-hmm. uh, for Auburn. Um, offensively, I saw some changes and I saw some tweaks. You know, we thought about this last week. Like, how much are they going to really change? How much are they really going to adapt? And what it's kind of looking like uh, a no win situation for the coaching staff. Well, um, we'll they do some things differently against Ole Miss, and, and it works. Haven't seen that much on the defensive side, but I do think on offense, um, you you are moving some guys around and 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 getting some new personnel, and it's it's worth a shot at this point. You know. You gotta, you gotta have a miracle to get bowl eligible. You gotta have a miracle. Yeah. Honestly, I think if you're this staff to, to hang around, so you know why not? Why not try some
1: stuff? Do you think? I mean, obviously, Will Friend is getting a lot of hate. Auburn's offensive line coach. Is that valid? Do you think, or was he kind of given a, a situation that's a little tough to deal with? Regardless,
0: I don't put it all on Will Friend. I, I, I don't. I, I think we knew this was coming. For Auburn's offensive line is just like maybe they take a step forward. Now their regression, I think, is is a tough thing, and that's kind of what we've seen across the board from Auburn's team. Is like when you look at this staff, it's like, yeah, this wasn't the deepest and and, and most talent filled roster in certain spots that you had, but still, you shouldn't be going backwards, right? If you're getting older, yeah, you shouldn't be getting worse. In, in time. So, but no, this is this Auburn offensive line. I wrote about it. I wrote about it, like the month after Brian Harsin got hired, um, and it's that you know Auburn's offensive line recruiting of teams that recruited the blue chip ratio in college football. Auburn's offensive line recruiting is by far the worst, mm. and this is kind of coming home to roost this year uh, because you had to bring back a lot of super seniors and guys who had had injuries in the past and hadn't necessarily been great offensive linemen in terms of how they worked as a collective. Yeah, but that's all you could rely on because you weren't recruiting well and you hadn't recruited well in the past. Uh, what you inherited was rough and it didn't get any better. So. Um, you know, it's easy to blame it all on one person and it's easy like, you know, and it's also easy to, um, you know, and I see, I see fans doing this as well. It's like, it's also easy to say, well, this is all Gus Malzahn's fault. Sure. And it's like, no, there's, there's a lot more nuance to that because I think, um, it is a tough situation, but it didn't get any better. And in fact, on the field, in some cases it's regressed now. However, Auburn did, like you said, run the ball pretty well against Ole Miss. If they can keep it up for the rest of the year, that's a good sign. Uh, But, yeah, to this point, they they have just taken a big step back with what they had uh, inherited, and and that's, that's a bad sign.
1: Yeah. All right, Jay Ferg, I want to talk about little Auburn basketball in just a moment, and I will present the question to you. Who is the most important Auburn Tiger on this roster going into the season? We'll touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky, Whiskey, if you're in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area, make sure you are equipped and ready to go for game day. And the cheapest, most inexpensive way to do all of this is to drive over to see our friends at Frisky Whiskey. The best prices on the best selection of any type of adult beverage, whether it is beer, wine, whiskey, vodka, tequila. They also have all of your mixers. So it's your one-stop shop for everything you could possibly need for your tailgate, or if you're just um, watching a lot of football from your living room and you want to make sure that you've got plenty of alcohol ready to go for the weekend, be sure to check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey.
2: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com Your family, your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on So find your local dealer today That's KubotaOrangedays.com
1: Jay Ferg Before we jump into talking a little hoops action What all else uh, mm-hmm. going on at the, at the Auburn Observer?
0: Yeah, so uh, we've had a, a week where there's been a lot of basketball I wrote a story on Wendell Green Jr. from SEC Media Days in Birmingham this week. Check that out. Wrote a story on uh, how Auburn was picked to finish and has been picked to be a top 15 team in the country and a top four team in the SEC, despite the fact that they lost two All-Americans and they don't have any preseason All-SEC players. And just what that means for Bruce Pearl and kind of mm-hmm. how the program he's built to this point. Um, mailbag out today. Painter did the mailbag this week. That's our off-week tradition, so you can check that out. We also did a podcast uh, this week we're, um, our premium podcast talking some basketball, uh, you know, both, both for Auburn, Auburn basketball and then some of the college, some of the former Auburn Tigers that, uh, you know, started their NBA careers this week. You can check all that out at auburnobserver.com. The $6 a month to $60 a year to get the full, uh, subscription. Everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox. And so we'll take it a little bit easier this week, a little bit lighter this weekend with the off weekend. Uh, but we will hit it right back hard at the beginning of next week. Previewing in Arkansas. I'm getting closer and closer to the start of Auburn basketball
2: season.
1: Yep, yep. All right, so let's talk a little Auburn basketball. Uh, who do you think is the most important player on this roster?
0: Uh, this is a great question because you can go in so many different directions yep. with it. I think the most important player on this team, and not just to trumpet my own thing from um, a, a couple days ago, I think it's Wendell Green, Jr., I think Wendell Green Jr., as a point guard, as the guy who is turning into the dude um, at, at point guard, and, and, and he looks like he's going to be the floor general this year, had great numbers last season, great impact. His net impact, uh, net rating was huge last season. Um, posted some of the best assistive turnover ratio numbers. He got active on defense for a guy his size. Had a really good year, but didn't shoot the ball very efficiently. Mm-hmm. And That's something he's got to tighten up on. If he can be in a mo- more efficient scorer, and what we've seen from him kind of taking that step forward now that he has that experience and that familiarity, I think you can see an offense. You look at Auburn's offense this year and team in general, a ton of depth, a ton of pieces. They're going to be able to beat you offense in a lot of different ways. They're going to be able to go with more traditional inside game. They're still going to have a lot of shooters that's still going to run. They have that depth to be physical. Um, and so for all that to work to maximize that, you need a point guard that can. That can do it all and kind of run the show. So for me, it's one. For me, it's Wendell Green. There's this team's going to strength going to be their depth. It's going to be the fact that they can throw a lot of different things at you. This is going to be a strength in numbers team, probably more than any other one we see with Bruce Pearl. But sure, if I had to pick, pick just one guy, say the most important, be the point
1: guard. I think that makes sense. Uh, a quote that you pulled from him uh, talking to the media earlier this week up in Birmingham. He said, I'm more relaxed in every situation. I just feel like I'm more relaxed. Was that an issue for him last year? I mean, he seemed pretty pretty relaxed at times last year, too. Do you expect Mm -hmm. that to look different this year for Wendell Green?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because when he said that, he was just like, he said last season, like, he would, he remembered going to the Tennessee game and times of pole and 20,000 people all just like, screaming and and, and going nuts and just that atmosphere for that game. And he said, you know, he's like, I was looking around, man, this is crazy. And it's like, you kind of get a little starry at a little bit uh, there. And there were some times last season where, you know, in in the games, Arkansas, Florida, some other ones where Wendell had the ball in his hands and it didn't work out down the stretch. And it felt like, you know, it it just, those end end possessions were not great for him. So you feel like there's going to be that comfort, that familiarity. I think you go back to watching him in Israel his vision seems to have improved on the floor. And it was already really, really good. Um, so I just think it's that familiarity and that comfort, where it's like last year, it's like, okay, I'm a mid-major point guard stepping up to high-major basketball, and this is a lot of pressure. And you know, I'm playing, I'm playing with these NBA players, and you know, we're going for an SEC title. It's a lot of pressure. Now it's the year two. It's like he's a veteran. He's a team leader. He's been through the fire before. And I think that just gives you a comfort level that just affects every part of your game where you're not learning on the fly. You're not, you know, nothing's going to take you by surprise this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to translate and hopefully for Auburn, a more efficient uh, Wendell Green on the floor. But even what, what you got last year from him was really, really good. It's to be interesting to see how he steps up from that.
1: Justin Ferguson, uh, one more time, gives us a quick rundown on how people can support the Auburn Observer.
0: Yeah, it's auburnobserver.com. Check it out. It's $6 a month or $60 a year. Everything we do gets emailed to your inbox. So, all of our newsletters, all of our podcasts, you get about two to three podcasts a week. You get about four, five, six newsletters a week as well, covering Auburn football and men's basketball.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of deep dives. Uh, and uh, as we get closer and closer to basketball season, the more we'll start doing that as well. So, AuburnObserver.com, check it out.
1: Yep. Be sure to check it out. It's worth it. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com, and we'll see you on Sunday. This has been Locked on Auburn. A Prime members. You can listen to this
2: Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.